Hello, niggas. Hello, niggas. Hello, niggas. I said, hello, niggas. Welcome to All My Niggas Said, period. Hallelujah. That's it. My God is awesome. Mm. He's awesome. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, child. It's a journey. It's a journey, God. <laughs> but we made it. We made it, my God. He said, I just can't give up now. I've come too far from where I, I started from. Now they tell me that the road will be easy. Yeah, how are you? Praise report, testimony, song on your spirit. Yeah, um, a song right before I came live um, was um, leaning on the everlasting arms. As a as a bitch of the Baptist variety, we mm. love a hymn. Yeah. Unfortunately, as a bitch of the I don't know no lyrics variety, I'll never know no fucking lyrics. Mm. Um, but what a fellowship, what a joy to find leaning on the everlasting arms. What a blessedness, what a peace is mine leaning on the everlasting arms. We are leaning. Leaning on the everlasting arms, we are leaning. All right, leaning safe and secure from all alarms. Oh, leaning. <laughs> yeah. Leaning, leaning on the everlasting arms. Period. <sighs> mm-hmm. So that's what's that that's is the song. Such such a tone person that when judges throwing them little runs in there, I'd be like, oh. Period. Listen, we I do. got my tam- my tambourine is right here. We don't even need the emoji, y'all. Period. We love a tambourine. Mm. A report. A testimony. Mm. Um, I was reflecting with my partner uh, earlier today uh, about not reflecting. I just asked them, "How much do you hate trying to be a principal person?" <laughs> Mm-hmm. oh lord it is it's work it's i mean you know the alternative is being a shitty person which listen a lot of niggas the world over are really are really getting by on that life um, yeah yeah but um yeah it's it's hard and it's so rewarding um yeah that's yeah sorry that's it I was gonna say that's so interesting because I was just talking to my good friend yesterday and they were taught I asked him about their like you know romantic relationship and how it's going and they were like yeah it's um it's going well which is scary um and they were also like I'm forced to be accountable to things that I would normally not want to be accountable to 
you know, and it's interesting considering what are people's motivations for being a good person. Because for me, it's just, I just want to be a decent human being and I want to cause as least amount of harm as possible. Um, and yeah, some people need romance to motivate themselves to be accountable people. I need, it's it's hard work. And so any, I think things that are tough to do need motivation, need need help, you know, need some assistance, some guidance, some some reminders that it's really worth it. So I, I agree. I definitely can resonate with that. Um, song on my Shondo. Uh, I don't have, okay, so last night I did this freestyle on TikTok and I don't have the melody anymore because it was a freestyle. But the beginning of it was like, one day I'm going to look back on this moment and cry. And I'm sure that I'll smile too, thinking about how much I was a fool to believe that God had given up on me. And so while I can't sing it because I don't know the melody child and I'd be butchering whatever I did, um, I think that the spirit of that song is definitely resonant on my heart of like, I can't wait so I can look back on right now in this moment and cry and be like I was really going through hell bitch and I made it up <laughs> and, and and start laughing just you know like I was a fool to believe that the universe had given up on me that there was nothing left for my ancestors and God to show me um and you know I realizing if you if you need a miracle or you believe in miracles it takes miraculous circumstances um and so yeah that's all my shondo that's also probably my praise report that I'm just truly leaning on um believing and um killed a big bug on my own last night because I'm a gangster okay (laughs) hot lay Hello. Wow. I'm really glad to be before y'all. I'm really excited to talk about what we're going to talk about. It's also so interesting how ironic the universe is because Jen and I had our own terrible right before doing this. And I think it was like a perfect example of like why we do this work and why these kind of conversations are really, really important. So last week you talked a little bit about having kerfuffles in, in our relationships and you know getting down to like what's happening in the moment like oh I was frustrated and I couldn't name what feelings were coming up for me or and 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 thinking about how we react to those feelings whether our reactions are warranted or not but like why they come up and and what are our patterns when certain feelings come up and so I think taking that conversation further and considering like okay after you get to that moment of like talking about what happened, acknowledging your feelings, how do you repair the harm or the relationship? Um, And of course, that brings about a whole lot of questions like what determines whether or not you want to repair harm? Who has to be involved? What's needed in order to repair harm? Are you repairing an acute issue? Is this like hurt feelings or is this harm? Is this abuse? Um, So just thinking through all the questions that impact our relationships and how we repair them and from from my perspective these conversations are really critical to me because the world has there's all kind of self-help books there's all kind of documentation but I really hope that this encourages us to just be like how do we repair our relationship if there's a tear in it if there's a severance like we should be having these conversations with each other because we're all different. You know what I'm saying? We're all so different. It takes us really engaging in conversation perpetually or consistently, continually in order to um, unearth the truth about things and and be in better community. All this is happening because we really desire for niggas to be a better community with each other. Yeah. Um, and in that, like, desiring niggas to be in better community with each other, we are niggas. Like, we are the niggas for which we are desiring, <laughs> you know, to be in, in better community. And um, I know for me, where this topic came from, um, 
I have been in conflict with two loved ones. It's sort of like a, wow, Polly. Anyway, I was gonna say it's a triangle of conflict, but it's not a triangle, it's more of a V of conflict. Um, so welcome to my poly life, also poly conflict. Um, and um, yeah, so I have been sort of in this spiral of conflict with two loved ones um, since the beginning of the year. Um, and we've been trying to move through it. It's been like, you know, as TJ's name, just like the the work of like trying to attune to your feelings, then trying to name them and trying to be clear about them and, you know, trying to figure out what, how to repair once, if you haven't named them well or, or um, not been able to communicate them or identify them and they come out sideways, you know, as some secondary emotion. So for me, this topic, um, is, I mean, it's personal for both of us, but like for me, it's personal because I'm currently literally in the process of figuring out what it looks like to move through the process of um, repairing um, two relationships that, um, yeah, have been very contentious for the, since <laughs> January. Um, and yeah, I, I think that, you know, we've been trying to bit by bit work through, you know, hurt feelings and harm that has happened. Um, but I think now that we are, have we have some clarity on what the central locus of the conflict was. And we, that, that sort of marks like the end of that conflict. We can now be like, okay, now that we know what was happening here, we can step back and figure out like, what is repair? What is our understanding of what was happening? And and really tease out what it looks like to move forward after conflict. So yeah, how about you, TJ? Where does this come from for you? Um, it, it, same. <laughs> um, it comes from like yeah, the situation that I talked about last week with with my friend and us having a follow up conversation. And just being uncomfortable with each other, I think it's so rare that we're taught to move through uncomfortability in a way that's healthy. Mm -hmm. You know, like, oh, you really made me upset. Like, you know, like, you really, you hurt my feelings. You pissed me off. You did X, Y, and Z thing. And so how do, how do we mend this? And with this particular friend that I'm thinking about, we're going to be friends forever, okay? That's the commitment we've made to each other, come rain, sleet, or snow. And so I want to say that that offers some ease in these conversations because neither one of us, we really are very clear, like we're not going to abandon each other, especially because of conflict. Like we are going to work through it. Um And so, yeah, I think I just learned a lot about things. Um, You know, I had tweeted recently around even space because I think for myself I take space so if there's like conflict or something I'm usually I'm like okay I might need a moment um if 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 we can't resolve or talk about the issue, like if it's like an active moment, it's like if you're angry at me or you're upset, I'm probably going to remove myself. Or if I'm angry or upset, I'm going to remove myself. If my feelings are hurt, I'm going to remove myself because I need to work through that with me because I don't want to react in a way that is, you know, hurtful or harmful or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, I had to sit with myself and and also think about the times people took space for me. And while sometimes people said they wanted space when they really wanted to end the relationship and wanted to be people pleasing adjacent or something like, oh, I, I'm just going to ask for space when really I'm over this shit and I don't want to be your friend or be in a relationship with you anymore. And so I'll be wanting to know why, you know, why? <laughs> what, hello? Like what was, you know, why do you want space? And I had to say, you know, 
we don't always have to clean or we can disrupt the narrative that everything is because we are bad or terrible that people can want to take space for whatever reason they need to. And it is our job to manage our feelings about people doing what they feel is best for them or what they want to do for themselves. Um, And that's hard. (laughs) It's really hard, especially, yeah, because we can spiral into all kinds of thoughts. And so that to me is like thinking about my friendship, the kerfuffle we had and, um, all of those things impacting um, why I want to really have this conversation and think about repair. Because that conversation I had with my friend was really important to repairing the feelings that I had, the hurt that I felt from their actions and their words. Um, And so that also impacts the way that we repair, learn, grow, and even deepen our relationship. Um, I want to read a few comments. Um, One person said, yes, get into the romantic and the platonic because it all takes so much work, child, for real. Um, And the same person said, holding both those things, how can I manage how I feel, respect your space, but also feel hurt, sad, impacted by it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, child. Yeah, that is... A constant struggle, a constant struggle, being a feeling, breathing, thinking human in community with other feeling, breathing, thinking humans is like, um, it's challenging. Um, I'm just thinking about, yeah, our conversation, our, our moment of conflict earlier of like trying to hold that I had a feeling and also that the feeling... I was clear that it was not indicative of your character. Um, and also having a desire to like be solution oriented and those things, just like me not being able to figure out how to hold all three of those things together and feeling like one just had to win out. Um, and mm-hmm. what actually happens is one doesn't just win out all of them show up, mm-hmm. just not how we intend for them to show up, not in the way that we would like for them to show up. Um, so I think, yeah, the work for me is really about um, figuring out how to create spaciousness for all of those things um, so that they're not coming out sideways, so that that, that I am being direct um, and clear and um, yeah. Um, and it's so, so interesting. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Mm-mm. I was just gonna keep going into the conversation. But go ahead. I was gonna say it's interesting because we often start off conversations with like, "How are you? How do you feel?" You know, because the feelings are the undercurrent <laughs> always to the moments we're having with folks. Like, you could have experienced the same exact event, but if you have felt happy or sad or stressed it could completely change the way you responded in that moment um and it takes a lot of work for us to learn how we feel you know and and to take pause what one thing that I'm certainly thinking about of the moment we had earlier is like I was like yeah I just could easily just push past my feelings so that I could get this done and you were like I don't want that (laughs) you know that's that's I would like us to be able to have the time to feel and like that's actually what it looks like when we're honoring our humanity but because capitalism impacts the way we repair because it impacts the way we value um the urgency by which we may be able to like even move upon that repair is like under capitalism it's like I need to push past my feelings because I want to be productive and get this done yeah but if we're decolonizing ourselves then it means there's nothing more important right now than how we feel and what's happening and that yeah yeah shatters worlds yeah yeah capitalism says we are here to labor to continue to output 
um, to, yeah, be the means of production. Um, and the antithesis, the antithesis of that is us giving ourselves back to ourselves and giving ourselves the time that capitalism demands of us and giving each other the time that capitalism demands of us. Um, and yeah, that's like no, what, what is that from the salt eaters? That's no trifling matter. Yeah. Um, healing, healing is no trifling matter. Yeah. Anyway. Um, are you sure? Yeah. It's like, are you something like, are you sure darling that you want to be well? Yeah. So yeah. Um, okay. You want to jump in and talk about yeah. how we're thinking about that? Okay. Um, okay. So when we started thinking about this, uh, the first question that I asked TJ was how they thought about a process for um, repairing relationships, um, which was really uh, underneath that. Cause I had just, I, I think I shared it with them before I asked this question, maybe not, um, feel free to correct that. But I literally the day before had just been thinking through some questions for relationship repair with this this loved one um, that we're repairing some conflicts um, together. And um, I was interested in seeing like how TJ was thinking about it and so much of what TJ shared aligned directly with what I was thinking about. So that was a really interesting um, thing. Yeah. Do you want to start with your list? Do you want to start with mine? How do you want to do this? I think we can start with yours. You're always so good at like putting things like in order and being succinct. I just, your mind. Virgo rising. Um, so that, um, okay. So this, I want to name uh, that this is for a literal conversation. So I think if you're, if you're wanting something that's like, Janae, how do you generally think through repairing conflict? That's not this. This is like literally an agenda for a conversation. Um, so for me, um, a reflection and repair conversation after conflict, um, one really important, and I've learned this in different contexts, 60 minutes, 60 minutes. It don't matter. It, it, and that can be the beginning of a conversation. That can be the whole conversation, but an hour is a good, is a good time limit to just cap that shit for me. Um, and that is an insurance policy on if I don't attune to what the fuck is up with me, if I'm not, you know, checking in with myself at the very least, I know that this is a confined moment in time, um, that when it's done, it's done. And I can then deal with my feelings afterwards. So 60 minutes Two, I think, uh, having some suggested like agreements for the conversation, one, always starting with like, how do you plan to take care of yourself? Um, and having that moment of reflection internally of like, yeah, what does care look like for me in this conversation? And sharing that out outwardly. Um, one, so I can be held accountable for my practices. And two, just so that it is a conscious practice for me. Oop, let me put my headphone back in. Boom. Okay. Um, and then also an important, and this was um, a tip that my partner gave me about, yeah, when I was thinking through this, um, having a ground rule or, or like a, an agreement of not denying each other's experiences. Um, because that like often just ends up being like this cycle that like ends nowhere. Like, so somebody says this happens and you said, no, it didn't then what like what does that what does that give you know and they offered that you know like if you remember something differently being like I remember this differently or you know and and holding being able to hold space for like yep I see that that is your experience of this thing and also either you know I don't remember it that way or like if you know you did say something and maybe you meant something else saying you know here is how I what I think and how I feel to clarify like you know, acknowledge that that thing was said and that thing was done and also acknowledge like here was the intent and yeah. Um, 
yeah. And then just getting into the questions that I was thinking about. Um, what about, oh, oh, the first question was for us to name what happened in the conflict. Um, for this specific conflict, this is going to be a large task <laughs> because this happened over the period of six months. So it's going to be, uh, uh, there. there's a large possibility for conflicting experiences, mm -hmm. different uh, memories of how things happened and what things happened. Um, so that second like agreement feels really important for this conversation of like allowing my loved ones to have their experience, to have their memory of what happened and um, hold space with that, to be able to hold that space and also name, oh, I remember this differently or what have you and also that not be, need to then turn into a no, yes you did no you didn't yes you did no you didn't you know um I'm gonna pause because I need some water TJ if you want to <laughs> jump in with anything um I love that I feel like one thing that I also wrote down was like how do we determine what's reality and what's not and what is the value of doing so right so because I think sometimes around my own experiences, other people's experiences, you know, I'm not going to hold y'all. People lie. Truly. You know, somebody will say, hey, they hit my car. And long behold, there's some video footage and they never hit the car. You got that damage on your car some other way. What way was that? You know, <laughs> so, um. So yeah, I think that that's important. How do we determine what's reality and what's not and what is the value? And I, the follow-up being what is the value is because in some moments, it's not about what is real yep. in terms of like, this is our shared reality. Sometimes what's important is this is how I feel about something, you know? Um, I, I I think it is important that we say like, you know, I don't care if you, if this is exactly how you experienced it, but this is what I left, feel, left feeling. But what's also important is being responsible for our feelings and saying, just because I feel this way does not mean this is what you intended or what you meant to happen. Um, and so, yeah, that's where I think the power of affirmation really comes through because it's like, while I, I can't say that I agree on how that happened. What I can say is that what you feel is real. And, and that's, I see that you feel this way. I can acknowledge that you feel that this is your perspective and this is what happened. And so, so many walls come down <laughs> when we just get the affirmation of like, yeah, this is how you feel and that's valid. And feelings are not facts. I think we can also release um, other people too, you know, from from the confines of 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 the stories we tell ourselves. I mean, that's one thing you've also called out around, like, what is the story we are telling ourselves? What's the narrative that's existing right now? Um, so yeah, I loved all the things that you said. It makes me think about doing mediation with people, which I think I'm don't have the desire to do anymore as much as I love working with helping folks mend and repair their relationships. <laughs> it's, I think about, yes, the port is crucial, right? Like it's doing repair, restorative justice, transformative justice without someone and someone's to help you through that. Extremely difficult. Um, and a part of my practice is always making sure that there's other community there, right? Who is your community person as you navigate through repairing this relationship or repairing this harm? One, witnesses are really important. Um, not so that they can be judgmental, not so that they could be harsh, but so that people can be accountable to what you say. Hey, friend, I heard you say you are going to on Tuesdays really make sure you blah, 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 blah. And it's somebody who you love and care about and somebody who's there to support you through. Um, so yeah, having community for everybody is there. Um, absolutely setting the boundaries, expectations. And also knowing, 
I love to ask people, what are you coming into repairing this with? Like, what, what do you want to happen? Because those wants, desires, and like, for some people, non-negotiables really impact people's ability to be present in repairing the harm because they're working towards a goal versus just cultivating space to see what happened and to try to move in the best way forward, even if that might mean ending the relationships or relationship, you know? Um, So those are some other things that I could for sure add to like conflict mediation, repairing relationships, repairing harm. Um, And I think to your naming, like um, the affirming folks' feelings, um, you know, or how they receive things or, you know, whatever their experience of a thing may be. Um, that's where I feel like that piece, um, that my partner named of like, is that co-regulation? I think it might be. Anyway, of just being like, yes, affirm that this is how you, um, experienced this or that this was your experience and like, this is how, these are your feelings, um, heard. And also I want to name that this is how I feel about you. This is what I was attempting to communicate to you um, feels like a really helpful addition to that. Um, yeah, that that sort of loop. Um, mm-hmm. And just a really good practice to like remind each other that there is love and care in that relationship. Um, yeah. I'm thinking this just came up for me, but I'm thinking too about um, you know, I say you don't have to make monsters out of people for your feelings to be valid. I think our barometer sometimes for validating our feelings is that it has to be the worst. So I'm thinking in conversations when we're saying things where it's like, it feels like somebody's lying on you, but there's an underlying feeling. For example, if somebody's like, you never say I love you and they go to their phone and they show you three texts, like you, I said it right here. On the receiving end, it's like, damn, you're trying to invalidate my feelings, you know? And it's like, well, no, I want you to root in that I do tell you that I love you. And then I have to continue with the fact that, oh, it's not that you never say that you love me, but I feel like I had, that that is what it feels like because the reality is you don't say it enough, right? Or I need to hear I love you more. And um, yeah, how we talk about our feelings is so important. Because sometimes we'll put it on somebody's character. Like, oh, you're just somebody who is not affirming. Mm. Actually, I'm just not, I'm not affirming you enough, right? For you to feel like I'm hitting you like, oh, you're an affirming person meter. You have an expectation of like affirming people say affirming shit at least three times a week. And because I don't hit that to you, I'm not an affirming person. When you could just say, hey, babe, you validating me, you affirming me is so important because I love you so much. Could you just tell me like, I love you a little bit more? This is a struggle as a neurodivergent person because sometimes, because a lot of our life is rooted around romantic relationships, (laughs) people think that societally, Um, we live in an allo-romantic society. And so because that, impacts the way we navigate relationships whether or not we even want to navigate a relationship um this idea around um oh my god brain don't do this oh, i was already talking about being neurodivergent brain not a brain fart i lost it <laughs> word if it comes back feel free to feel free to bring it back up okay um, so yeah, I'm I'm gonna jump back into the questions on my list and um yeah, we can talk more. Um, so the first three questions um around this conversation of like repairing relationship, one, um, well, this is after we have shared what has happened from our different perspectives. Um, what about our relationship? Are you clear about on the other end of this conflict? 
And then what about our relationship are you unclear about on the other end of this conflict? Um, and I think these questions felt really helpful and important to me. Um, one as like an internal reflection of like, yeah, what do I feel clear about? You know, what do I feel unclear about? What, because those are things, again, when we're talking about repair, then there are some questions that need to be answered. There's some, um, some things that need to be mitigated. So uh, yeah, asking about clarity. And then the question, and I'll pause after this one, considering our previously shared vision for the shape of our relationship, would mm -hmm. you like to discuss shifting the shape of our relationship? Um, and I think that this is really important to me. Um, yeah, the, the person, or the folks that I have been in conflict with um, are both folks that I have, um, we have named together as like being lifelong partnerships. Um, so, and also um, what I'm clear about as a homosexual in this life um, is that like, I am not about this till death do you part shit arbitrarily. Like I'm not, I'm, I'm simply am not. Um, <laughs> I, I do believe that there are many relationships that, you know, may change shape, but will still be in my life for, for all of my life. And also that may not be true, even if we have set an intention of, you know, being in lifelong partnership with each other. Um, so it feels really important to have spaciousness for us to reflect on like, yeah, do we want to discuss shifting the relationship and asking that question without it needing to be, uh, without it needing to automatically go into what is the shift? Cause that feels like a lot for my brain to try to process. Like, I think what feels like a really good entry point for me is like, do we want to consider shifting? And that just be like, okay, here's the easeful entry point. And, you know, then allow that conversation to go where it will, but I'll pause here. You know, child, memories, thoughts, feels. <laughs> I, transitioning a relationship to me, I'm like, period. Because it means we still love each other. We still care about each other. Or there's something valuable. We just change and shit around. We just, like, it's just an adjustment. And I remember I asked one time, um, you know, somebody I was in a, a queer platonic relationship with, like, hey, I'm feeling, wondering if right now um, transitioning our relationship would be helpful. Ended the whole relationship. <laughs> okay. I wasn't saying end, but if that's the reflection you feel, so be it. And it's also, again, this relationship is also why I like, learning to really release myself of control like around like niggas could take space that's not what I was hoping for I wanted us to have a conversation around what would be best or if it wasn't you know if the relationship was too much at the time because we were both going through things I really just was asking a question but for some folks any transition is like an end to me to them and transition doesn't mean into me you know it's just an adjustment we still on the ride you know um and so yeah that's been hard for me and been a part of my growth lesson when it comes to like repairing a relationship because sometimes even with all the tools even with trying to do the like hey just wondering and want to think through this like folks can take whatever they want and decide and while I might be hurt devastated crushed okay at them choosing that particular what I would say drastic transition if that's what's best with them so be it um which also leads me to like conversations around me letting go in terms of because for myself I want the people who cause me harm to be the people who repair it. Like, that's just me currently, at least. 
And so I'd be wanting to be the person to help repair whatever hurt and harm that I cause. But sometimes that's not, oh, I hear some, is that, do you hear that too? I mean, there's a fan going. So you oh, hear that. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I can't, um, sorry. I can mute myself. I no, it's okay. I, I got, I lost it, you know. Sound be distracted me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think I want to pull out the thing that you were naming around how raising the question of, uh, you know, considering transition for, um, for someone, for, for uh, a past loved one, like, was enough for them to end it um and yeah I think I think about just the conflict aversion that we have generally societally that I think goes hand in hand and it with that like death till us part ethos that actually isn't like rooted in like I want to be in a loving compassionate caring relationship with death until uh till death with you because that would require niggas to be like okay what does it what does that actually look like for us to hold compassion care and love for each other um for each other and ourselves um (laughs) thank you um for for ourselves and each other um because that wouldn't look like what societally we call these long-lasting eternal death to us part relationships it would look like you know in the case of niggas uh you know who have shared resources maybe uncoupling resources uh, you know forever or uh you know indefinitely it may look like you know not talking to a loved one for a year maybe two um it might look like a lot of things that societally um we have deemed as um or we pathologize as like this is a bad relationship um because niggas are not hand in hand staring deeply in each to each other's eyes professing our love to each other um and I think it's really important that we like allow ourselves to relinquish the optics of love that of mm-hmm. white supremacist, capitalist, anti-black, fat phobic, queer, transphobic, colorist, classist society have given us because those will never work for us. They will never um, be the foundation of the love that sustains us, um, that cares about us and our sustainability um, with each other. Um, yeah, and I'll pause there. Because we do be thinking about time more than anything else. Like there's this, again, uh, romantic ideas around like if I've invested five years in you then there's no reason I'm ever leaving because we have been together for five years versus like we have a connection that makes me feel heard seen and affirmed and I don't want to let that go because of my ego or because of my pride or because this is difficult right I'm not giving up on this relationship not because we spent a lot of time together because we have a lot of history or because we have a lot of memories but because consistently in this relationship we have loved each other cared for each other shown up radically for one another and so difficulty is not always a signal to leave but it can also be an opportunity for us to learn grow and deepen our relationship and I think too around um like what I was trying to get to around like releasing ourselves from like that hold is like yeah I I think conflict teaches us to be in community whenever I think about conflict coming up I'm like you have to have community (laughs) over and over again I was like yeah I really wanted this person to be able to engage in a conversation with me and maybe we could do some transformative justice if they feel hurt by me or hurt by me asking this question around like should we transition our relationship or not um But then I thought, that's me trying to be controlling. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
I think it has to be me in order to help this harm, but really they need to develop and cultivate their own community so that they can process through what this relationship meant for them. If I truly want the people that I love to make the best decisions for themselves, that means even if it hurts my feelings. And on the flip side, like, that's why I love my close friends, my best friend, the one you know, I had a kerfuffle with, is because, you know, I kept trying to tell my narrative, like, I really did something wrong. And they're like, no, you didn't do nothing wrong. I was just pissed off. You know, like, I was just upset. You don't, it's not, it's, it's not that deep. Like, I was pissed off. I reacted to that and I hurt you and I never want to do that, but I did. And, you know, sometimes we just piss each other off. Sometimes we get on each other's nerves and we react to those feelings. And like, I, you know, hey, my friends, I didn't mean to humiliate you. I did not mean to hurt your feelings. And I did. And that's hard for me to navigate through. And, you know, like this narrative you're telling yourself around trying to pinpoint exactly how terrible you were, what you did wrong or how you deserved it. That's not where... That's not the reality. Like, I love you. And we just had a conflict with each other. And that was so healing to me because it's so easy for people to try to make a monster out of you because they have feelings come up, you know, Um, or like, you know, asking, well, what did I do to you versus like what occurred and what feelings were brought up? Um. I think that distinction in, in the way that we use language can sometimes be so helpful to how we listen to each other and to how we build a relationship with each other. Um, and yeah, also we can leave relationships for whatever reason, whether we want to or whatever is happening. So I asked one of our, our um, great friends, Candice, if somebody asked you what scripture you will pull out that um, demonstrates how we should repair harm, what would it be? And this is what Candace shared. If your brother or sister sins against you, go and point out the faults when the two of you are alone. If you are listened to, you have regained that one. But if you are not listened to, take one or two others along with you so that every word may be confirmed by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If that person refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if the offender refuses to listen even to the church, let such a one be to you as a Gentile or a tax collector. Truly, I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly, I tell you, if you two, if if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in the name, I am there among them. And I was like, damn, I didn't know all this specifically. Didn't. He did that. Didn't. Did not. Did not. I'm like, you know, sometimes God be repeating themselves. You know, Peter got a version and then somebody else got a version. But I literally said this scripture last night, yesterday, when I was talking to my friend, talking about two or three being gathered. So it felt like a confirmation. So I was like, let me just share in case this helps some people. But I, I, what I did like from this passage is like, one, I did not know that God was going to end with like, the divinity in conflict, right? So like having multiple people there is actually important. People bearing witness, especially when when folks can't agree. Like even God is like, you need to be in community. Y'all talk amongst yourselves and figure it out if you can. But if not, y'all need to go in and bring two or three of us. And if that don't work, you need to go in and bring a whole congregation. And if the congregation don't work, baby, you're just gonna have to go in and let that go. Okay, and I think that that's that's a hard that's a hard part for me as an overthinker. I be oh, I be well. What exactly should I say? What word was it? Maybe I should have wore a different dress. I should have maybe I should have laughed at a different. You know, and I just we can get so into like the nitty gritty that is we don't even really have the conversation. I was now I'm not gonna hold you. I was a little gag 
that God said, go on and take that conversation behind clothes between the two of y'all. Because mm. cause personally, I love a one-on-one. Like, I love a conversation. But if we in, like, if we really tussling, me, like, verbally, of course, um, I'm going to want other people around. Not because I want, uh, like, attention or anything. But I feel like so much about conflict is whether or not people can agree that something happened. And so again, witnesses being there, like having folks around to hold people accountable to certain things, I think is so important. Can I also add that like, I feel, yeah, excuse me. I'm still sitting with that, that scripture that you offer that can be a Candace. And also I think that if someone is committed to their memory of how things went, there's no amount of people with an alternate with a different narrative that you mm-hmm. know will sway their their yeah their remembering of things um and I think for me as you were reading it I was really thinking about this um in the context of yeah accountability um and really in the context of like after a harm has happened coming to that person and saying, hey, like, you have done some harm. Um, do you want to be accountable for that harm? Do you want to do the the work to, like, repair that harm? Yeah. And if niggas say no, then going to two or three niggas and being <laughs> like, hey, this nigga over here has decided not to repair their harm. Yeah. So what, what the fuck is T? How do we want to move forward? <laughs> um, do y'all want to continue to work with this person? Um, do do you think you all have some offerings to this person that will help them, uh, understand why doing some accountability and reparative work may be beneficial to them and the broader community that they're in? No. Yeah. Yes. You do feel that's important. No, they're still not responsive to it. All right. It's time for a call out. Boom. Period. And that's really how that read to me. Um, (laughs) and yeah I think in that way it it really does resonate and affirm um yeah lots of things I can't wait till somebody tells me oh yeah no I don't I don't believe in 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 call our culture I'm gonna be like but do you believe in your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ because because God believes in a call out (laughs) and we know you niggas love you some fucking Jesus okay because God said, let there be a call out. If a nigga don't want to listen, if they don't want to act right, we're going to have to bring it to the front. Period. And, and we're going to treat you like you a Gentile or a tax collector. And we all know how we treat tax collectors. Good boy, they motherfuckers like to play. Even God says, you may have to be removed from community. You're going to have to look and see you different. The You were once my sibling. But now you're like a tax collector and a Gentile, baby. I, I got to distance myself from you. And um, also, un- yeah, sorry. Yeah, go, ahead. go ahead. And also understanding that, again, within context of like, that is the escalation. Like, I'm going to come to you because I, I want, I want for, one, I understand niggas is complicated. It's complex. Niggas, it's a lot of things, right? So like, I want to, to be in community with you I, I want you to be able to be in community. Whether or not I want to be in community with you, that's, right, uh, right. but I want you to have community, right? But like, part of that means that like, you have to repair the harm that you're doing, baby. You can't just be out here willy nilly fucking up niggas' lives and not doing repair work. Um. So anyway, I, I just think that, yeah, the, the, that escalator feels important to like name within the context of like eventually yeah we're gonna treat you like some tax collectors yeah and for me without an apology without repair the harm is still happening Mm -hmm. and that's just hard for me because I be feeling like people, it, it still is, a lot of people think, okay, so sometimes, yes, we can compartmentalize, it don't be that. But certain things were like, my feelings are hurt, like you really hurt my feelings. That's different than me being like confused. 
confused can be, I can be confused and be overwhelmed and blah, 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 blah. But hurting my feelings, you treated me in a way that even you know I did not deserve or that I just don't deserve whether you agree it or not. Like, it's, I don't deserve that kind of treatment. I've articulated this to how I want to be spoken to, how, you know, I like to be engaged with. And you don't apologize. It's still happening to me. Because to me, it's a conscious choice. And I got to work on this, okay? I'm not saying this is the right way to do it. But it's a conscious choice to continue to, like, stab the wound. Because you you know it's there. You know what I'm saying? And not just... Wounds that fester kill people. You know, it could be something small. But if it gets infected because people are not repairing it or taking care of it, like... And honestly, I think this comes from like childhood trauma. I mean, everything, everything. Um, But like, because we're taught to so deeply value, like, you know, our parents and they're supposed to be our sutures. Like, I don't know. I feel like that can kind of repeat itself in terms of like, I love you so much. Like you should suture this and it becomes like all these, open wounds that people don't apologize for and they fester and they mutate and they turn into other things and so for me yeah it's just extremely heartbreaking when people like don't apologize for the ways that they like hurt you um or try to avoid you or they treat you like you are the one who did something wrong because they're navigating through their own guilt and their own frustration and their own feelings that is so uh it'd be killing me um only one other thing to read whenever you're ready um, yeah, I just want to respond to what you just said. I think for me, um, I, I don't think I have the same experience as what you just named, but I think similar to that, um, my sort of thoughts around like folks not acknowledging their harms is like, that means the door is still open for that to still be happening. Like, regardless of like how I feel about it, whether I've moved on or not, like the the possibility, I'm not gonna say likelihood, but the possibility that you are still doing this harm that you will not acknowledge, that you will not, you know, yeah, acknowledge for yourself and repair then for other people the the possibility is there that you are still doing it either because you refuse to like be curious internally about what the fuck is why this keeps happening for you or because you are just like absolutely not I will not this is not me I will not identify as this such person the possibility for this harm to continue is still there so that that yeah I I just wanted to add that what else did you want to share So I had asked my Twitter, I said, what are things you need or think about when considering repairing harm slash a relationship? There's no wrong answers. And the more vulnerable, transparent, and thorough, the better. Because sometimes people be like, I don't want to blow up your mentions. And I'm like, no, do that because I want to know. And so this person said, can I ask if you prefer if the context is if you were harmed or someone harmed you or or is either fine? I said either. They said, boom. I really loved what they had to say. They said, in either case, I try my best to approach it with curiosity. What am I feeling? Is this the first time I felt that way with that person? In general, if I hurt or harm them, is this the first time I've gotten this feedback? Is there a pattern in the identities or experiences of the people who have given me this feedback. If someone has brought something up to me and I feel defensive, what is the fear or politic that is underlining that? I also deeply, I also think deeply about where it was, where it was hurt versus harm. Hurt can be an unfortunate intermixing of traumas, triggers, and hurts that can be relatively easily understood and planned around to reduce the likelihood of this occurrence again. It's often an opportunity for both parties to learn about each other. Harm, to me, is an effect of a lack of care and bad politic. Transphobia, fatphobia, anti-Blackness, classism 
are all rooted in psychic is that what they meant? psychic commitment slash identity of the person that is much larger than me or the individual. For example, dating a cis person as a trans person and experiencing transphobia slash discipline due to their continued commitment to see themselves as woman slash man and how your existence may disrupt that. Um, in the case of harm, it can be a combination of both. After checking in with folks that love me enough to tell me the truth, no matter what, that's key. I usually take some form of space in a manner that, that is clearly communicated and with purpose. And I do this the first time. For hurt situations, communication styles, love languages, triggers, I also consider my traumas, triggers, past relationships that deeply inform the way I experience the intensity of an incident. I discuss what happened with a trusted friend who ideally loves both people and who is familiar with how, how I typically engage with conflict, strengths, and weaknesses, and who I trust to engage with me in the situation with honesty, a grounded politic, and love. Oh, I think there's one last comment. This is a bit of a jumble, but in reality, it's a challenging balance of trusting my body and not minimizing my experience, but also holding that so much goes into how I experience something and how I treat people. For me, it requires community to tease it out. Well, that was really brilliant. I think, you know, coming to the same conclusions, even from all three of us and even God, it takes community to repair relationships. It takes knowing how you feel and sometimes why you feel it. Determining if you're holding other people accountable to like your triggers, meaning like sometimes we could be triggered in, in a moment that person didn't do anything wrong, but a trigger came up, right? And so maybe they're not the person who physically harmed you, but they triggered you back to a state or remembering some of those things. And so sometimes we can project stuff onto people. And that to me is, again, is like knowing yourself, knowing your experiences um, and deciding if the relationship is conducive to being able to repair said harm. Um, this could be way more difficult if you're navigating through with a committed abuser. And I mean, just mean like somebody who's committed to being violent and, oh. Oh, Lord. Where did you <laughs> take go? Where did you go? Okay. Let's see if we can get TJ back. Okay, their phone overheated. There was one thing that TJ was naming around uh, conflict requiring community that made me think about how often when I'm thinking about, hearing about, watching TV shows about cis-hetero romantic relationships, cis-het platonic relationships, um, so much of it is, this is between you and me. This is two people. We do not go outside of this relationship to talk about it and how that just continues to sustain these really unhealthy, really um, hard to find healing in relationships. Um, so I'm going to, I think I'm going to wrap this conversation at this point. Um, we may continue for a part two later, but TJ's phone has overheated. Um, so I just want to pray us out if you will have it. Um, just check in with yourself around whether or not you consent to some prayer at this moment. And if you don't, heard. See you later. Dear God, ancestors, loved ones, all my niggas in the whole wide world and beyond. Um, who desire my optimal well-being. We thank you for loving community, loving relationships, 
and all of the work that comes with them, we know that it be ghetto as fuck. <laughs> to be in conflict, to apologize, to muster up the vulnerability, to be present with each other, to be present with the ways that we hurt and harm each other. But we know that to build the liberation, to build the love, to build the care that we need and that we desire to see um, and sustain for our present and our futures, we must, we must engage each other in conflict um, as a love and care practice. It is my prayer that we continue to commit to the challenging parts of our loving relationship that don't have greeting cards for them yet. I hope that somebody is inspired to create some greeting cards that are rooted in the challenging parts of our loving relationships. Um, yeah, and that we continue to uphold and um, hold as sacred all of the all of the parts that make our relationships um, possible, and not just the ones uh, that there are holidays and greeting cards and um, you know viral TikTok videos for. Um, so I want to uplift anyone who is struggling right now and who is in deep need of something. Um, I hope that their ancestors, their community surrounds them and supports them in getting their needs met, God. Um, and I want to just ask for a blessing for everyone who has gathered today to join in this conversation about repairing relationship, about accountability, about harm, and conflict. In all of my niggas' names, I pray, amen, and I shame. See you later. I love you. I love you. Bye. Bye and bye, when the morning comes. All the streets are gone together at home. You better tell the story how you come, and we'll understand it better by and by.